Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is a good God, isn't he? I tell you, God is God and he changed not. We left off the last time that I mentioned, we were talking about discouragement. And there's nothing like a holiday. And, and even this season, you can find more discouragement and, and people that are despondent. That's why we have to come with the word of God. Because discouragement is a work of the devil. Calvary made it possible for us to be free of pain and suffering and remain that way. I said remain that way. We must learn to guard our heart for out of it come the issues of life. I say it's the work of the enemy. Proverbs 4.23 said keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. I look at that word issues, issues. Life issues are common problems. Every one of us have common problems. And, and as we look around and we may, may not see everybody in the audience, but there's someone that's going to listen to this message and they have issues. Amen. We can call them issues and we can call them crises that happen to normal people. I said normal people. I didn't say it happened to, the, to just the world. It happens to saved and unsaved people. It happens. You can have uh, issues in relationships and re issues in health and grief and loss, uh, unfair treatment, even with your own self-esteem. You can have your issues with your finances and your job and just social issues. It's not a time you don't turn on the TV or the time that you're not looking at the newspaper where social issues are at the forefront of our nation and the world. So we have issues. We have issues that occur. Most of the world today thinks, though, that discouragement is normal. It's something you have to live with. How many of you know discouragement is not something that you have to live with? No more than you would have to live with, with a tiger in your house or a, a snake in your house. You, you want to get them out. <laughs> I said, now let me put it this way, though, too. Living with it is possible if you want to, but it's up to you to choose to live without. How many of you want to live without? So everyday situations... Uh, which caused discouragement to come, uh, somebody will say, uh, do something. Sometimes you just say something. I mean, I, I mean, you've ever said something. But anyway, in the Bible, there's victory. From the time you're in kindergarten, I say it starts really, they're, they're in, in daycare. Little children learn discouragement. <laughs> they can't have that piece of candy. They can't have that toy that that other child had. It starts when early in life, but it can go on to, to, to death. All the way up until your 90s. I saw one woman, the oldest woman that ever lived, that was alive today, Reverend, not ever lived, because we got some old some people that live long in the Bible. 
But I was reading that she was 124 years old. And uh, she was supposed to be the oldest person there as far as the Guinness Book of Records. But she died. It must have been in the last few days. But the thing is, even at that age, if she's conscious, she can have discouragement. God wants to give us joy and peace. Because God wants us to be without discouragement and hopelessness and disillusionment. Because he's against all mankind. Discouragement does not have a, a preference to people. You'll see it in Hollywood and you'll see it down here in these woods. Amen. The Bible tells us with John 10, 10, he said the thief cometh only to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. So if something is stealing from you and taking from you, you know it's not God. It's not God's job, and that God does not have to use the enemy's tools in order for him to do what he needs to be done in the earth. I know some people will say, God, God just had me to be sick and go in the hospital so I can have vacation. No, that's not how God works. Amen. Some of the causes of discouragement that we will look at today is childhood failures. Bad health, looking back at the past, the highs and lows of life, loneliness, and disobedience. Now, there are a lot of more things that, that can, we could cover, but we're just going to look at some of those things today. Because it's important to know what the cause and symptoms are since the person being affected wants to know and they want to be, it want to have life easier and know how to deal with it, how to manage a situation. In the natural, you'll go to the, doc, to the doctor because the natural body uses signs and symptoms. Isn't that right, Sister Rich? She's a nurse. We deal with this. And signs and symptoms there in your body will communicate to you the health problem. And what it does, if you have a headache <laughs> all night long in two more days, you're going to the doctor. Amen? Amen. If you have uh, symptoms of chest pain or weakness in your arm, uh, 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 you begin to do things, your body begin to let you know something's not right. You might be having a heart attack or you might be having a stroke. You will listen to those symptoms prayerfully, or you'll not be listening at all. Amen. So it's important, though, not to ignore symptoms you find with the doctor, but it's even more important for you not to ignore symptoms you find in the spirit when things aren't going right. Because your spiritual realm, the spiritual part of you will let you know this is not right and we need to fix it. And the only way that we can fix the thing spiritually is with the word of God. Aren't you glad that we have that ability in the spirit? God didn't leave us without that, that ability to know and to check our spirit and know when something's wrong. In John 6, excuse me, I'm going to look one first. At Psalm 42, 11, 
This was our key scripture uh, when we started the last time. He's in Psalms 42, 11, NIV, David said, Why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? But you hope in God, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. David wanted to know, what's going on with my soul? Why are you cast down like this? Why are you feeling like this? That someone today is feeling worse than they did before Thanksgiving. Because some of these symptoms have exhibited themselves, and, and, and some have, will go on into Christmas. And guess what? Some have suffered from these symptoms all year long, and no doubt there are some that have had these symptoms all their life. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? He, he asked him. He, he, he said, he, he said why, 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 are you, why are you feeling this way? You might not be the one that feels this way every day. You might have felt. I, I, say, I dare say this. Every one of us have gone through some of these things that we've lived in this earth that we're going to talk about today. And if not gone through, you're going to have to recognize them when they come. And then when they come, they come to cause discouragement. We look at John 6, 28, 29, when the disciples had asked the question of Jesus. And they asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who has sent? He has sent. You got to believe in the one who God has sent. You know, sometimes we'll go to the doctor and we'll ask them the questions, and, and, and then we don't want to do what they say. We'll come to church. <laughs> Put it that way. You'll go to church, you'll hear the word of God, and, and you, you, you're not want to do what it says, because many Christians want to be want to be pleasing to God by their own efforts. Their own efforts for him. I was talking to a man, and, 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 and then he began to tell me all these remedies, <laughs> all these home remedies he wanted to do. I said, sir, I'm old enough to know those remedies. <laughs> it's okay if you want to use them, but, you know, he had determined that he wasn't going to do anything that the doctor said. And that's okay. Some people have lived long, and some people have lived short. Just on their own efforts. A, but the thing is, when it comes to the spiritual thing, we got to know that, that God's best is on the other side of obedience. Amen. Amen. I say God's best. There are some people God is dealing with right now wanting them to obey him, and they said, not now. I, I want to do, do it my way. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But look, God is not impressed with what we do if we fail to do what he, he tells us. If we can't do what he say, God's not impressed. I don't care how big the ministry. I don't care how great the talent. If you're not doing what God say do, God is not impressed. So we look at our first outline, and, and I went all the way back to childhood because of that's what uh, a lot of times they'll ask you when you go to the doctor, did you have any family that had this? How many ever been asked that? Amen. 
That's the main thing. They want to know if you got something back when you were even born that came through the family line. Well, there's something spiritually that may have gotten in that line that God wants to be able to, to eliminate this morning. Amen. So we talk and we call this line lessons learned as a child. I, I, I put another title on the under there. It said, uh, a run from the border. I looked at these children that was on that first period. They were happy. They were learning some good things. But sometimes as children, we can learn some bad things. I'm not saying there hadn't been difficult situations. But difficult situations are no excuse when you get saved. Amen. You get on another family line. Amen. You, if, you, if you say you're saved and, and, and you say that you've been born again, you under a new family line. In 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 5.17, the NIV said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Amen. The old is gone, and the new is here. Amen. So that means that when I get saved, I can't say that things are not right because of what mama and them did. <laughs> Amen? I can't blame everybody else. At some point when I get saved, God has, I'm a new creature, and, and, and I've been born again. I can't blame it on the wealth. I can't blame it on the bank didn't give me the money. I can't blame it on, on my friend let me down. <laughs> I can't even blame it on the church. You got to realize how do I see myself now? How do I see myself now? I'm born again. At some point, I've got to let it go. Because, see, the devil wants you to see the excuse of the way you were brought up and shaped by the world to make you believe this is why you discouraged. <laughs> now, mama and them had a little bit more money. If, if they had to talk to me or hug me a little bit more. Now, when you saved, you got to be able to forget all that. You got to be able to be delivered from it. I'm not saying you can forget everything because I say that sometimes that memory will try to be there. But in God, we see that we have grace. You may have hurts. And you may have fears and frustrations and even pressures as a child. I don't know. I'm not going to ask anybody, not to show hands, ask anybody to have a perfect childhood in here, or even those that are out in the office. Because you know what? None of us had a perfect childhood. Because the childhood you see on TV with the Huxables and all them little Padres family, they had little issues. But let me tell you, you had some big issues. <laughs> but then, you know, they were Hollywood children. Solved every problem they had in 30 minutes. Miss <laughs> Huxley did not look like she, she dressed, she cooked in nice clothes in the eighth. Your mama didn't do that. She didn't have heels on, hair all fixed up. Your house was not like that. Now you might have had some better things. I might be talking to a generation of children. They have that kind of life. But your mom still, you got some problems and issues that go on in families. You may have been hurt as a child. You may have caused defeat. You might even be discouraged. But you got to know that you're in God now. 
your neighbor, I'm in God now. As parents, we may not have done it all right. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, we didn't do it perfect. You know why we didn't do it perfect? Because we didn't know how. You know how your parent, why your parents didn't do it perfect? They didn't know how. It takes the knowledge of the word of God, and even with that, it's going to take some grace and some faith for you to make it. You go ahead. You try raising a child. You'll see. Amen? Anybody say amen in the house? Amen. Jeremiah 31, 16 helped me, though, as a parent, and, as, and it helped me also as a, a person that I say this. We all have a recovery process from the past. Jeremiah 13, 16 uh, through 17, the NIV says, this is what the Lord says. This is, it, Jeremiah says, this is not what I'm saying. This is what God says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord. Amen. They will return from the land of the enemy. So there is hope for your descendants, <laughs> declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. Hallelujah. That's when I put that, take a run from the border. You know, sometimes, and I don't know about you, uh, we all may uh, have, you may have a child or, or you may have a relative that you feel like they in the land of the enemy. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes they are. Don't, don't, we don't fool ourselves. But I thank God for this scripture. He said, restraint, quick run. <laughs> he said this. He said, they will return. How many want to bank on that scripture today? I know it, it make you happy because sometimes you can, you can train up a child the way would you go. And it seems like if you get over there in the enemy's territory, if she gets over there, like they're not going to have a way out. But guess what? You used to live beyond the border. Look at yourself. Shake yourself. <laughs> I remember when I, 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 I went across the border. Now, now I ain't going to ask you if you went across the border. Not because y'all have. <laughs> if God can bring you back into the land, if God can bring you back from the border, how much more can God? He said he would do it for our children. You can't sit up and say it's a lost cause. I don't know what I'm going to do with Johnny. I don't know what I'm going to do. But God says, I know what you can do. He said, that's hope for him. That's hope for your cousin. That's hope for Nene and him. That's hope, praise God, because God said he could bring your descendants back. Because he promised it to us. What do we mean he promised it to us? He said that it was a reward. <laughs> Here goes something that's a... For your work will be rewarded. I, I, when you do what God tells you to do, and you live saved, and you're doing all you know to do, he said there is, your, for your work will be rewarded. Your work. We all may have played in the enemy's playground for a season. But my father has promised me that he, look at your neighbor and say, he, not my children, will reward me. 
So if you think living for God is in vain, you need to live just for your children's sake, just for your descendants' sake. I, I, I tell you, I, I'm going to keep on doing the work of God. And, and God will bring them back to their roots and their foundation. That's the number one prayer of every mother right now. A father too. But I know mothers, we pray, we pray hard. God said, stop fretting and stop crying. That's what he told uh, Israel over your way with children. He said this, even stop crying over your childhood. We need to at some point quit crying over our childhood. And, and, and we want to be able to, to get what God called a reward. Here's a reward for God to bring your children back, their child back. Here's a reward to bring your relatives back. And, and he said that in part the compensation and benefit package and, and salary from God is that my children and your children, what, shall be again, come again from the land of the enemy. America need to pray that today. I mean, we need to pray that for our country. We need to pray that because sometimes our children go further than they need to go and stay longer than they need to. What's the payday? Galatians 6 and 9, NLT put it this way. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. As a parent right now, as a, as a person, even as come from the border, you don't need to give up. This is no time to get slack. He said, don't, don't get slack now because payday coming. How many of you know you ain't going call to call off of work for two weeks and think you're going to get a payday? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm calling in for two weeks. <laughs> and when you say we get paid, <laughs> no. God expects for us to do what he says because his reward is there. And he said, payday comes. Why did he say don't get tired? Because he knew we would get tired. We need to stand flat-footed and tell the devil right now in the face, in his face, and we need to decree it and declare it that our children's liberty, that he has worked it out, and they will be free. I don't care if it don't look like they're going to be free. I'm praying mine. Be free. Because why? I'm going to do what God said I do, and you're part of my benefit package. Amen? Because they are free. I said they are free. If, if we pray and we believe, we have things that we do and the things that we know. And we know that God's word is truth. And if God said don't get tired, then it's up to me not to get tired of doing what's right. There have been times, even during ministry, sometimes things can get really hard. And the devil said, now see, you ought to just give up. No, we're going to keep on preaching God's word. I'm going to keep on living with God's word. You know, I thank God that we, we'll, we'll live this thing out. We need to be able to live this thing out to the last chapter. Because the enemy does not want us to live out and see what the last chapter of our life is going to be. He's a good God. What else? Proverbs 17, 22 said, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit drives up the bones. Bad health can cause you disappointment. Is anybody in here never had bad health? 
But God wants us to survive and to thrive. Sometimes the mental strain that come on, a, on, on, on you from overwork and poor health. And, and one thing the devil wants to do is try to do is, break, is, is to break you. He, he wants to break the health of God's people. Not just God's people. The devil wants to break the health of anybody that would bend to it. But God wants us to know that we don't have to be discouraged even when it comes to health. I worked in the field here for the past 42 years worked in, in, in nursing. And, and, and I know bad health can, can mess with a person. I said bad health. And the thing we realize in this earth, though, is we're not just a physical being having a spiritual experience, but you're a spirit being having a physical experience in the earth. I'm spiritual. And these things that the enemy is trying to bring about, He's trying to mess with the physical. We need to have a daily routine, though, when it comes to our health. I tell you, there's nothing that your body just really hates worse than exercise is not eating. <laughs> Amen. I have a war with that exercise thing. And if y'all don't eat, you know, you're ready to eat. But this exercise thing, it's like you have an intention to do what's right about your body. But you've got to be able to have a routine. You said, now, I don't care how old you are. There's a routine that needs to be going. You don't need to sit down and lay, uh, uh, lay down and play dead. Amen? Amen? You said, why are you talking about that? Because if you live in this body, <laughs> you're a spirit, you're going to have to take care of this body, and you're going to have to have proper nutrition, rest, and physical activity. During this pandemic, the enemy wanted to cut down on every one of those. Amen. Amen. And so we need to be able to survive. In that verse, Proverbs 17, 22, it says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. There's nothing to make you uncheerful like being sick. But he said, if you want to be sick, you, wanna, you, can, you can be that way and stay that way if you get mean. You, get, you ever notice sometimes you can get real mean when you don't feel good? And people ought to understand it, but that, that's not true. We don't need to do that. He said, I'm married hard, does good like a good medicine. It, it, being married is just like you taking your medicine. He said, a broken spirit, a broken spirit drives the bones. I looked at that scripture, even medically wise. Um, a broken spirit drives the bones. Well, what happens in the bones? Well, that's where your red cells are created. That's where your white cells are created. Little, little, little biology, red cells, and you got some yellow cells. The yellow cells store fat, and the red, red cells are there for your, for your platelets and your clotting and your white count to fight infection. And as you age, you lose some of your red cells. And then them yellow cells kick in. <laughs> They do more. They're the ones that store the fat. But your body needs both of them. And the thing about it, it goes to the bone. And you have a broken spirit, it's because your bones are drying out. I know they say that phrase, bad to the bones. <laughs> we need to be healed to the bone. And we need to be able to have a spirit. Spiritual 
thing going on, why we have a natural thing going on as far as our medicine. In Proverbs 15, 15, he said, all the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Wretched, wretched. <laughs> I think I, we heard that on one of the Cosby episodes where they went to see some band called the Wretched. <laughs> wretched. He said, all the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. You need to make sure that you make your own banquet. Because sometimes people will not, when I say that, I'm not just talking about, I'm not talking about natural food. It's good for you to do that. But in the spirit, you need to be able to, because see, during this time, even under the pandemic, you're getting phone calls. And you may even have a hospital visitation. And I, I looked at that and I said, there's some things that you need to do when you call in the sick or not to do when you call in the sick or visiting the sick. Because when you do that, you can discourage people. All in the name of being good. You can, you can get on there, visit, whether it's phone or in person. And, and if you don't come with the word of God, you can be a discouragement. You don't need to go and see what shape folks in. <laughs> Amen? You don't call to see what shape they in. And you don't need to rehash what caused you to be in the hospital or to be in the shape you in in the first place. You ever notice people want to ask you, now what happened? <laughs> and if you're that one sick, you got to go through all this long story and tell them what happened, because people want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. But that's not the time for you to have to repeat this stuff over and over to people. You don't go and you don't call. Because see, not calling may be worse than going, because people can't get out of the house. And one thing about it, people can have a long call. You ready to get off the phone? Because in the hospital, you can close your eyes and act like you're sleeping. They may walk out, but then there's some people that'll come hours and sit at the hospital. You don't need to do that. I said we don't need to do that. You need to speak life-giving words. I remember Job and, and how his how his comforters came. And, and, and some that some said they at first said they came to comfort Job. And to mourn with him. It's one thing to conquer, but it's another thing to mourn. How yeah. I many know when you sick, it's no time you want folks to be mourning? <laughs> hey, you dead and buried and what you're going to wear and everything. God wants us to go with an encouraging word. That's why we say that Job's confidence. I don't know. I've been around this. I've seen people in the hospital. You just want to run them out. Just leave. Huh? Because... It, it, it doesn't matter what you are there for. The object is to get you out. If you're sick at home, the object is to get you out. Amen. Amen. It's not the quantity of time you spend. Like I said, you don't spend an hour on the phone with somebody sick. You don't go to their house and stay an hour. You don't go to the hospital and say, oh, why? Because they're tired and they don't want to talk that long. They may be nice, but you need to be able to know what God wants you to do. And that is to speak word. Speak the word. The only comfort a person can get is the word of God. Let people see Jesus and not just your face. Sometimes if they see only your face and don't see the face of Jesus, that's not enough. 
Amen. God will work this out for my good is what you need to tell them. If you're not feeling that well, if you happen to be under the weather, you need to just start telling people God will work this out for my good. It's only for a moment and we'll, it'll be over soon. And you need to, and I know it'll shock the devil. It'll shock your visitor. Put it that way. It'll shock the devil too, but it'll confuse the devil too. Why? Because you're not going to tell his story. I'm talking about overcoming discouragement. I'm talking about being able to be a help to people and, and not just going there to, 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 to look and to observe, but to be able to be a, a, a workman coming from God. You don't go there if you're not going to give them a word from God. You don't call if you're not going to give a word from God. Got to be careful during these times. This is the time of just media, the time of where, where you, you, you need to turn grief into to a grin. I'm a firm believer in this. I know when people come in my room and, and, and they come for us to see me, I want to see them laugh. I don't care what they're going through. They get a smile. I don't have to laugh out loud. Because, see, somewhere in there is healing. I've worked with patients. I've worked with people who had cancer. If you can get them to change from the inside and, and, and you start, because healing starts from the inside. Broken spirit. What's a broken spirit? It's a depressed spirit. It's an oppressed spirit. It's an upset. It's, it's a discouragement. It's a distress. It may not even be about you being sick, but it might be about the situation you're going through in your life. You don't need to have someone telling you what's all wrong or, or, or have a sad story. The last thing people need to be doing these days is getting on the phone and just having, have, having a, 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 a testimonial service, but it's only about the monies. Spirits are strong, though, even with the broken spirit. Spirits are strong, and, and, and they can get back right, and, 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 and their condition can change. In fact, a broken spirit can emerge stronger than what it ever has been. Yeah. If you have a broken spirit this morning, you got to know that your spirit can be in a better place. We, there's nothing that, that, that uh, hurts a mother or father more than a husband or uh, not being able to take care of their self and the ones around them. Then the devil will try to rob you of your health because of this. Bitterness will come. But you know the bitterness is right out of the pits of hell. You can't believe the devil's lies because all he know how to do is tell lies. He don't know how to tell the truth. And that's why we can't go around saying what the enemy says. Anytime we, 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 we can look at life through the lens of the senses, we always get a started if you. If you look in a, at how you feel, feelings can lie. Amen? Feelings can lie. Facts can change. I, I know we all like that song, I got a feeling everything going to be all right. But you can't rely on just that feeling. We got that in the next outline. Because <laughs> if you rely on the feeling and it don't feel like you're going to make it, no matter how much the word says, and you don't feel like God's going to bless you, you don't feel like you're going to come through, you don't feel like you can do this or that, then you're going to rely on the feelings and they lie. you got to override feelings and step into the realm of faith. The way we deal with the physical is a spiritual issue. I say this is a spiritual issue. Look at uh, Isaiah 53, 5. He said, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we're healed. Yeah. 
By his strife, we were healed. That's a spiritual issue. Jesus took care of that on the cross. He took care of the spiritual and the physical issue on the cross. Amen. We have so many scriptures, though, teaching us on healing and, and, and on God's will. I can't even take up this section because if we teach on this God's will to be healed, I remember it took us about six weeks. But I just want to say that it is God's will to be healed. The lack of knowledge can result from, a, from not having the knowledge you need. And if I say you get teaching, then you can get teaching on healing. You can look in your concordance, and you can look at healing and pull it up yourself. But the problem is not uh, not getting the knowledge. It's rejecting the knowledge you have, and you can either not get it or reject it, but you still will suffer. That's an inner subject. Well, I don't know. Well, once you get knowledge, and we can do better. Sometimes we don't suffer because we don't know what to do. We suffer because we don't do what we know. Amen. We don't do what we know. And no amount of confessing healing. Let me, you put this down in your notes. You make sure you put this down and put it on the refrigerator. No amount of healing, no amount of confessing healing scriptures over a person's body is going to compensate for poor eating, insufficient rest, Walking out of love or living under continual stress. I don't care how long. I don't care how much you lay hands on that piece of candy. The calories ain't coming out. You just go in there and just pray over that, pray over that payday, pray over that baby roof all you want to and bind them calories. You put it in your belly, it's gonna bind on you. And me. Hey man, that's coming out of Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just going into Christmas. You know, we make every, every holiday an eating day. We all not even call it. We all not even call it a holiday. We all say, another eating day. <laughs> I told my husband, I'm, I, I, I'm tempted to just have hot dogs for Christmas. Because some of you girls, you, you, you're not wanting to do that cooking at Christmas. <laughs> now you go with discouragement. Because now I'm just another eating day. How many you know we need to be able to evaluate what we do and why we do it? Because, see, you can live and be 80 years old, 80-year lifespan, every one of us want an 80-year lifespan, and you have 30,000 30, days, 720,000 hours, two-thirds of your life is spent working and sleeping, but what are we doing with the other third? How many know we need to be praising God? We need to be worshiping God. We'll pick that up on, on, on another outline. But I tell you what, we want to be able to, 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 to know that our healing is there. Paul said this in Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship involved us bringing our bodies to God. He didn't just say bring your spirit. He's bring your body. <laughs> I, I want to bring him something. He said in, in the second verse, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve the word that prove what God's will is, his good and perfect will. Amen. Amen. Be transforming your thinking. 
If I keep thinking the same thing or doing the same thing I'm thinking, I'm not going to improve in any area of my life. I'm not. I, I, I hate, I hate riding that bicycle, but I, I, and I quit and started back a lot of times. <laughs> It's like it's starting time your foot is, no, time we in the bed. You got to go down there and try to ride. <laughs> You're not going to make it this morning. <laughs> and then if you do get on there, you don't need to ride for two. <laughs> I learned to put that serious music on there and play as loud as I could, hoping I wasn't waking up the names because I had to overrule my own body talking to me. Do not conform to this world. Why? Because you're not under the circumstances. You're not. Pastor talked about that last week. We don't have to spend that much time on it. But circumstances, both physical and family and mental and spiritual, the job, the school, different circumstances that could be confronting you, anybody in this room, if you look at them in the natural, you may think, I'll never make it over. I, I, I can't make it past them. I was talking to the Lord and I was telling about their retirement thing because I want to retire like other people. I said, Lord, I'm old enough. <laughs> and I was talking to him, and I happened to run across one of my devotions, and the woman said she was talking to him about the same thing. And then and, and she was asking him, and she said God told her, Woman, I know how old you are. <laughs> I know we come before God telling him how old we are. I'm too old to do this. I'm too old to get out. I can't do this. I can't do that. God knows how old you are. Sometimes we act like he don't. And she said, he, t he told her this. He said uh, that you'll get to retire when I get a day off. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he told her, but this thing me just like he told her. Because even though you retired, and I look at people retired, you're not retired. You're working just as hard as you did when you went on the job. You are? I don't have to remind God, and you don't have to remind God how old you are. Because he, he, he does know. And he said, what's your hurry? <laughs> and worry. Well, what you want is from God, and no one else can have it but you. What's your hurry about any other situation? Why, why can't we serve God? Why can't we do what's right? Whatever God has for you, it's for you. You say, now, God, God got a blessing with my name on it. Well, how you think somebody else going to steal your blessing? God is a partner in my battle, and, 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 and he's a partner in peacetime. Some people don't want God to be their partner until to the battle, to the fighting. Okay, God, now come on. But God wants to be your God in peacetime also. And the trick of the devil is to cause discouragement. And, and, and in a, a way that we're seeing here now that he wants to cause discouragement is for you to think on the past. On your slide, you see, it was just my imagination. The song back in the day, running away with me. Some of y'all old enough to know that. I'm talking to old school now. But it was some messages back there. And daydreaming and I'm thinking of you. <laughs> daydreaming about the past. Living in the past. And, 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 and you have this thing where, you, you know, the devil said, what it might have been if you had done this or, or what it might be like if you, you had gone there or done that and you just live right in the past, just daydream. That girl gone. 
That man gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of time to daydream over in the pandemic. A lot of time to daydream. And one thing about it, nobody know what you, but you and God, what you daydreaming about. I ain't going to have no show of hands either. Because, see, the devil tried to get you off in this trick more than anything. Daydreaming. Daydreaming, wondering what it might have been. What, what you could have done different. Well, you're not there anymore. You can't daydream. And sometimes you just create you a whole nother life. I remember back in high school, we read a, a, a story, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I believe that God brought that back to me because I never would have thought about that. I didn't have it in my notes. <laughs> Man, sit up daydreaming and daydreaming. But Philippians 3, 12 and 2, 14 said, Not that I've already attained, I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Your past experience cannot measure your future success. Because, see, some, some of the times the uh, past can be tricky. It can be embarrassing. And the devil want to bring up embarrassing things to you, and you never get over. Everybody got something they've been embarrassed about. They don't want God to really move in your life in front of the church today, and not even what you did in the last 24 hours or the last two weeks. God wants you to be able to put it behind you. What you have and, 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 and what you've done does not equal the sum of what you can do. They're not talking about what you have done. And you know, Paul said it, it, whether it was good or bad. What you have done does not equal the sum of what you can do. How many of you want to do something today? He talked about winning the prize. Well, winning the prize requires running the race. And in that 1 Corinthians 9, 24, I don't have that one. He said, run though in such a way that you win. How many know you out there playing Skip the Lou ain't going to help you win a relay race? <laughs> I'm just going to skip. I'm just going to do some hopping. What you doing? I'm running a race. No, God wants you to run today. If you quit running, you need to get up and start running. Reaching toward to those things ahead. Pressing toward the prize. The goal of the prize. What's your prize today? The upper call. He said, I want to reach the prize that Jesus wants me to reach. If you look back, you're at a miserable past, you're going to have a miserable future. You'll be miserable. Your future going to be miserable. You got to quit looking back. <coughs> Excuse me. You've been forgiven, and don't sweep it under the rug. Clean it out. Quit looking back at the mistakes and the past failures, the frustrations and the disappointments and the heartaches. How I many you know ain't nothing can come back to you like, but like a heartache? You better be careful during these holidays. Somebody going to come and remind you of the heartache there. I don't speak to Aunt Lucy no more. I remember when she said this and did that. You got to be able to let go of the heartaches. Because you cannot become what, uh, what we were born to be by remaining what you are. One man put it this way, don't be a pigeon if you were born to be an eagle. What were you born to be? Take your mind off the past. Put your mind where? In the present and your future in Christ. 
I'm going to put my mind in, in the future. I'm not going to worry about what happened the last two years. I'm not going to have what happened to you behind me. Because, see, my future is in God. My future is in Jesus. And I'm going to put my mind right back there. Because, yeah, see, I don't want to live and allow the mountains and the valleys to, to be my barometer. Don't be moved by the highs and the lows. I said, don't be moved by the highs and the lows. You know, sometimes there'll be times when everything's good, everything's fine, you got enough money, you got the right car, you, you got, you're blessed, you're cheering, acting right, you acting right, then all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> you got to be thankful for the blessings, but you don't allow Satan to, to trick you into laying down in the valley. Some people have not only laid down in the valley, they done took and built a house and, and just, and just let, let live in the valley. God said, we're pilgrims. We're passing through this earth. You can't afford to build your hopes on things uh, that, that's not eternal. But build your hope on God. What you have here is, is temporary. But what you do and how you live for God, be honest with yourself, it's eternal. He didn't tell you to camp there. He didn't tell you to, to just stop there and visit. But in Psalm 23, 4, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I said, they comfort me. God is the same in the valley as he is on the hill. You got to decide that God is not just God of high places, but God is God, period. Got to prove your durability. Back then, when, when, even before they sell cars and put them on the center line, they test them bad boys, put them diamonds in there. See, see how the brakes work. See how the car is. And, and you know, God wants to check, test your durability. Are you able to stand? I believe you're durable. You've made it through a pandemic. But you can't allow the enemy to make you spiritually fail. Not enough to just be alive. You got to survive. Because, see, the test that God have, and that we get, the tests are not to determine our level of faith because God already knows what kind of faith you got. <laughs> I said God already know what kind of faith. He already know that. Why? He's omnipotent. He know everything. So he know what kind of faith you got this morning. But the test allows us to see ourselves, our real level of commitment to God. Are you passing the test of commitment? At some point in our lives, the, we got to be able to know that knowledge and education will marry experience and wisdom. Amen. I said, something, this got to come together, the experience of life and what you know and even what you know in the Word. And when you live and you see this thing in God, you're going to know that there's blood on my life. What do I mean? You done suffered some bruises. You, you have suffered lacerations. You have had things spiritually that have hurt, naturally that have hurt. But you got to realize this, the blood's on my life. And when I tell people about things that happened and how God brought me through the hurt and the pain and the lacerations of life, when the blood's on it, somebody said blood ought to be on it. I know the blood of Jesus is on it to make us cure, to make us, to make us healthy, to make us well, spiritually and natural. But when you can look back and you can share areas of your life where you've shed blood, when I say spiritual, you've hurt and you've gone through things, then you've got to know that it can bring healing to somebody else. Yeah. 
Amen. Durability. The durability. To know the real level of commitment. God wants to know what we'll do when the struggles come, not just do when everything's going all right. God wants us to know what's happening because, see, change is the essence of life. Change had to come. We never stay the same. You can't resist change. Why change uh, to work against it is to work against life. Tell them, ladies, you go, we go through the change of life. Husbands, the change comes. You live with us long enough, you'll see the change of life. Amen. But one thing about God, when it comes to the change of, nat of life naturally and spiritually, I've seen some women who gave birth during the change. Now, I mean, <laughs> I was reading one lady had her far child at 50, just had a baby at 50 years of age. Bless her. Amen. I, that child, when, she, when the baby 20, she's going to be 90. But you can birth. I don't care what changes you're going through now in your life. God said you can have birth today spiritually. Sometimes people say, well, I, I don't know now. I, I, I don't question the Lord. And, but what you do when you're going through situations, you need to learn something. You need to have, you said, now what do I learn from this experience? What do I learn about myself? Some say, don't question God. Well, James 1, 5 said this. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. James 1, 5 NIV said that. You, want, you got a question, you need to ask God, why am I going through this? You think your little bitty question going to shock God or make him say, I don't know. <laughs> no, God in his infinite wisdom can endure questions for me and you. My little question on me asking God why is not going to shake up the throne. How many of you got some questions you know you want to ask God and you done got tired of because people told you not to? Don't question God. Well, I can ask God and he'll tell me. If any of you lack wisdom, ask. We get to that next one uh, when you're lonely. Loneliness can cause you discouragement. Got us another song too. <laughs> Y'all remember that song, Only the Lonely Knows? Y'all know the brother, he'll know all them songs. <laughs> Every time I say them, oh yeah. But uh, those songs were made to discourage us. What do the lonely do at Christmas? I have a blue Christmas without you. I'm getting you ready for this holiday season because you don't need to even think about it because you're going to hear it in the grocery store. Even if you go into Walmart, they may play some of these old tunes. Throw you into a mental block, spiritual block, and you won't be able to come out the New Year's, and then you might not come out then. Just start the whole year out wrong. Lonely. Loneliness. In Deuteronomy, he said, be 31, 6, and be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. I don't care what you're going through. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And you're not alone. And you're in this world, but God's with you. And the devil wants the spirit to put the spirit of loneliness on you. And I believe that's when he's used even too. Like during this time, he's pulled out his big guns during these past years. People have been lonely. And then they feel like I'm all alone. Nobody cares for me. Well, God cares for you. 
I mean, you throw on them songs and they talking about the joy to knock on the door. I looked at the lyrics to that song and, and how everything made them lonely. And then what they did when they got lonely, they got worse, they smoked and they drank. You're saying you're not going to do that. How more I need to make a card about people that have discouraged folks and got rid of them. If they got, if they gone out of their life, Hallmark need a card to say thank you for leaving me because you made me feel bad and now you had to go, but thank you. Thank you for doing, being, be the benefit of leaving. <laughs> Hallmark don't make them kind of cards, do Jesus said, I'm with you always, even until the end of the ages. He's with us. I remember Elijah last week, he said, I am alone. He said, I, I, I am alone. Even I, I'm, I'm alone. Only I, Lord, is left. Because you can be in a crowd and feel lonely. But you got to be able to know that God is there with you. If you don't, you're going to suffer true for consequences. What is true for consequences? Not just because you're alone, but if you're in disobedience, that can cause discouragement. It seems like you say, well, uh, I, I, I've done wrong now. And, and, and remember Jonah when he got down there in the, in the, in the bell of the, of the well and he was alone and, and, and he had painful situations there and he didn't want to obey God. And, and, and he was there though with no interruptions, no books, no to read, no, no internet and, and no friends could drop by and no food uh, to eat, but he was by himself. When you get by yourself, you can talk with God. It took that for him to hear. And, 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 and we have some scriptures where we had people that have uh, been into situations. We looked at 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four, and Paul talked about how he had been in difficult times. He said, five times I, I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one throw. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night on a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have gotten, have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else I face daily, the pressures and concern for the church. Anybody going through that today? You know, and the only thing he did in that 29th verse, he asked this one question. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. He said, I don't feel weak because of what I've gone through. What have we gone through that have equal what he's gone through? What, what, what have we done? And you know, that took strength. But disobedience to God, to God can cause you to break fellowship with God. I have, if you have an earthly father or a mother, you may get mad and not talk with them. They're still your parents. You might have broke fellowship, but you have not broken relationship. There's some out there that have broken relationship with God. And, and well, fellowship. But the thing about God says this. You might have broken fellowship, but we still got relationship. Amen. And we need to be able to know that God loves us and he's a redeemer. And don't get this in discouragement when you think there's no way back. First John 1 and I said, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just 
and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Psalm 103.12 says he has removed our sins as far as, as far as the east is from the west. Micah 7.19 NIV says if you will again have compassion on us, you will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You know, God said he's thrown it in the sea of forgetfulness. I know we put that. The, the, it's not, you can't find sea of forgetfulness, but he did say in the sea. What happens is what? We bring it back up to God. You, every time you pray, you ain't got to go tell God, you know you remember when I was this. Oh, Lord, you know I was that. God said, I don't remember that anymore. I put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Amen? You can pray. You ain't got to holler out in the crowd because, see, God ain't hard to hear. All you have to do is ask God to forgive you. He's removed those things from you. You don't need to bring it back. You don't, need, you don't have to tell God over and over again what you've done. The book, what book? God's book should govern our life. Sin is telling God that you know how to run your life better than he do. Amen? David had a guilt complex for a while, but I'll tell you what, David got it together. And, 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 and David uh, uh, asked God to forgive him, told him to create me a pure heart that I may serve you. And David came to be known as one of the greatest kings in the Bible. He was remembered because he was, he was what? He turned around and he was able to forgive himself also. We need to be able to do that day today. I'm glad David lived out his life to the last chapter. Amen. Isaiah said, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my sake and remembers your sin no more. God doesn't remember your sin anymore. You don't have to walk around discouraged because God's bringing it up. And if you don't bring it up, he won't. And so don't allow other people to bring it up. You got to remember to forget. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, remember to forget. Forget how you've been hurt, but you got to choose to forgive. And you know that might not be easy to choose to forgive or to forget, but God wants you to forgive and he'll help you forget. He wants you to know this, that he forgave you. And in remembering the things known and unknown to others, how I many you know there's a lot of stuff folks don't know about you or me? Because see, God has thrown it in the sea of forgiveness. Amen? And if he ain't gone deep sea fishing, you don't need to. And you don't allow others to. But what we have to do is extend the grace to people what God has given to us. Sometimes we want to let God do more for us than we'll do for people. Amen? Amen? No sin is too great for God to forgive. No relationship is beyond his restoration. No memory is too deep for him to heal. And no problem is beyond his blessings and power. How many want to live for God today? I don't know about you, but I want to. I want to be able to know these symptoms. Because when, when, they, when they come, I want to eliminate them right quickly with the word of God. Can we use them during this time? We can use them from what's going on. We can use them what's what, what's going on now. But we can also have them for the future. Why? Because if a symptom comes, we got to work on Go ahead and stand up right now. Because God is our God. Those causes of discouragement, childhood failures, bad health, looking back at the past, the highs and the lows and loneliness and disobedience, we know those symptoms. 
We're going to talk about the cure. How <laughs> I mean, you know? You don't want to go to the doctor, hear the symptoms, and find out there's not a cure. God's word is there. We'll talk about that on another time. I'm glad you came. I'm saying to the online, I know we were just a little bit long, but I could have to finish this session so we can go to the next one. How I many know this teaching the word of God? He said, we'll increase our knowledge, and then we'll increase our ability to make it through these situations in life. He's a good God. Go ahead and give God a praise right now. Amen. Praise God. We just thank God he's a good God. You know, the first step to, to knowing and overcoming this discouragement is identifying your symptoms, but the first step is making Jesus your Lord. Right now, we're going to pray. Those of you at home, if you never asked Jesus to come into your heart, that's the first step to getting the relief that you need. As we pray, know that God can take care of you. By his let's pray. Father God, we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart that you died for us. Lord, we make you our Savior. We make you our Lord. Lord, we thank you that you have cleansed us of all sin, and we are the righteousness of Christ because you made us that way. Thank you. And if you agree with that, just say amen. That means so be it.